being an event planner is like going to the gym. The more you work out that muscle, the easier it gets to like lift heavy weights. And I think that is so, so true for event planning. The more you do it, the more crises you encounter, the more changes you encounter, you realize this is normal. Welcome to Virtually Live by Kaltura. Every week, we'll get into the latest and greatest in marketing, and specifically event marketing, audience engagement, and brand experience. To guide us through that, we've invited event professionals and marketing leaders from various industries. In this week's episode, Kaltura's Director of Strategic and Content Marketing, Anna Turcott, speaks to Rakuten VP Events, Sarah Gorlick, as she gives us some tips and tricks for planning and running an impactful and engaging event and juggling different platforms and technologies, all while adapting to changes and plans. Let's go. Hi, I'm Anna, Director of Strategic Account Marketing at Kaltura, and I'm coming to you virtually live from Tel Aviv. My guest today literally wrote the book on successful careers in event planning. She's been through it all, seen the industry change time and time again, go virtual, hybrid, back to in-person, and now all of the above, and lived to join me here today to tell us all about it. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? And where are you joining us from? I am joining you from Connecticut, about an hour outside of New York City. Can you just start us off with your take on the past three years, give or take, in the event industry? Yeah, definitely. So the last three years have been a whirlwind, as I'm sure all event planners and and marketers can relate to. It was something that I don't think any of us ever really even thought about happening Um, to the event industry or to the world, you know, really a pandemic. Even my father, who's a doctor, was like, I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime. So um, it it was a real shock. And uh, the first year, every year has been different in the last three years. The first year we were trying to figure out, okay, how do we get through this period but not knowing when it was going to end? The second year it started to feel like a bit of the new normal but still have a lot of hope for the future of coming back to in-person while we became experts in in virtual and talking about what does the future look like and then the third year we're we're back to in-person but things have changed so um now looking back to the last three years and where we are today i think we've all grown and have a bunch of new skill sets that we didn't have before um and didn't even think to to bring into our, our skill set toolbox. Um, But people have changed too. Within the industry and just our attendees, people are coming back together. Events in person are roaring back. Hotels are booked out. Venues are booked out. Um, And it's great to see that that face-to-face connection is so important and it's not going to go away. But I think that what I see within the industry is that we're going to continually come up to new challenges. So now we're heading into this time coming out of these last three years where inflation is skyrocketing and there's supply chain issues and labor shortages. So we're going into what I feel is the next phase of the last three years. That's amazing, and you touched on so many different things yeah. here. So like, I feel like <laughs> it was great like because three you know. years was it was like we were like going back and forth and just getting a whirlwind ping ponged all around. Yeah, 
Yeah, but you did mention that you're seeing uh, people are coming back to more in-person events, but definitely, you know, virtual and hybrid events still take up um, a big piece of, uh, you know, the planning of like a, a great event um, strategy. So what would you say since events are ultimately still events, no matter where they are and what they look like, the goal is forever to be how do we engage with our audiences, right? Yes. At least one of them. So what would you say um, the way to engage with people has changed? In what way did that change? Um, mm -hmm. We, You can compare like the, the last three years. Yeah, I mean, I think what's changed is like for event planners and marketers to understand when does your audience want to travel and when does it make sense for them to travel to be in person? And then when does it make sense to have only virtual, you know, virtual is the best way to reach our audience with this specific message, this type of engagement. This is what they want, you know, for this type of content versus getting on a plane and coming in person. So I think that's one of the big learnings and the ways that event planners and marketers are moving forward is figuring out, okay, there's two different ways to connect now, virtually and in person and tailoring each experience to what the audience wants for that content, whatever it be for that specific event. Um, and then of course the hybrid when it makes sense as well, which I, I don't think hybrid always makes sense. You know, I, I don't think hybrid is the way, you know, always like I, we were predicting initially with the pandemic. Um, I think what instead it's just very bespoke and curated, uh, for audiences. So we really have three different ways to try and figure out how to bring, uh, the right engagement to our audience now. Very, very good advice. And I mean, I would think like, you know, being proactive and, and transparent is is um, really important for, I guess, uh, you know, any, any pro. But if we're looking because you were now t talking about kind of like your advice to beginners. Um, let's talk about the pros, really the event pros. Do you have um, anything that you can kind of recommend um, from what you've learned in the past couple of years? Um, I, well, I think the biggest thing, uh, well, ROI is number one for the event pros. Um, if they if they are doing it, or if they're, that's great, and to keep doing it. But if not, I think that's that's one of the the biggest things. Um, and then, you know, for people that are already seasoned within the industry, I think one of the things that I've seen is a big connection across event planners in in the last couple years. Um, event planners coming together. I'm part of a Slack group um, through the Vendry and they bring together all these event planners um, on Slack and we share ideas and have questions. And so I think for those season event pros is like all of us just making connections together and supporting one another and giving each other suggestions and help. Um, because when you have that community, uh, you have really all the support you need, whether it be for advice or just, you know, emotional support when things aren't going exactly how you plan them to go. So I was, yeah, I was just about to say that all these, you know, especially online communities kind of popped up, especially after, um, you know, COVID yeah. where really people with shared interests and, uh, you know, um, that were kind of there to support each other, I think first and foremost, and then to kind of exchange ideas and, and tips and, and things like that. So that, totally makes sense. And we're going to touch on ROI in a little bit, but since you've already mentioned it, um, I want to ask you now, um, 
Well, how would you say that, you know, proving your ROI changed for, you know, event planners since virtual kind of was brought into the mix? Like, you know, because showing ROI, talking about the value of whether uh, an event was successful or not, right? Um, And an off, like on-site event as opposed to running it virtually. So one of the things that I loved showing ROI with a virtual event uh, was... We, we did this one conference um, online and there was a chat box where attendees could chat as, you know, the speakers were on stage as, as most virtual platforms. And what was wonderful to be able to see is in real time, the attendees were having conversations with one another about the impact of the speaker. So the speaker had shown you know, it's really moving video and people were responding, oh my gosh, I'm crying right now. That was so beautiful. And then another person would chime in and say, hey, da, 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 I miss you, you know, because they were used to seeing each other at conferences. And those are conversations that on site, you know, you don't capture. The planners aren't walking around with a, with a recording device capturing those conversations <laughs> that are happening. But on virtual, you can capture that because that's the way that they're communicating and it's in this you know, public forum within the event. And so as an event planner to be able to want to see that is very fulfilling and then be able to, you know, screen capture those conversations, take those reports and then put that into your post event report to say, Hey, look at all this engagement that our attendees were having with one another and giving their feedback to one another about their experience of the event in real time. And that's, I think one of the most valuable uh, pieces of a virtual. Absolutely. And I I would say it's also really great, not only right from like an ROI standpoint, this event was successful. It would also obviously help with like planning for the future, right? Knowing what worked, what didn't. So um, absolutely being able to kind of look at that data from virtual um, is really great. Um, If I circle back to kind of events and event pros, um, let's talk a little bit about we talked about the differences, you know, and what they had to kind of adapt to in the past couple of years. What would you say? Would you say that most people in the industry adapted well to everything that's happened? And I, how do you see that? I do. I think overall people have adapted well. I think the event planning community as a whole is very resilient. Um, and so, and really it was impressive to watch the community and the industry pretty much right away start to be like, here's virtual event platforms. Here's, you know, eBooks on how to do virtual event planning. Here's where we're predicting the industry is going to go. I mean, the whole community just pivoted so quickly and the resources were there. And so I think that event planners did adapt to that very well. Um, One of the things though, is that, you know, as I mentioned, the industry has changed so much with the labor shortages. And so, We've experienced that specifically in audiovisual is one of the areas of events where there's a ton of labor shortages. You know, a, a lot of people with NAB and across the event community were let go when COVID first happened. And it was everything shut down and, it, and people were furloughed and let go. And it was so hard to see um, them go through that, that tough period. And naturally, you know, people that were let go, some of them changed industries. People that were doing AV within the event community are now doing production for television and for movies, which sounds amazing and, and it's great for them. And so um, I think, you know, the it also now that we're going back opened up this gap where we need more. I've heard that even for event planners, it's been hard to find, you know, some event planners and 
AV techs and, and training a, like a new group that are going to come in to fill this window um, that's opened up. And so, uh, you know, it's great to see everyone new coming in. And um, but I think, you know, for the event planning community, too, it's it's a big shift, you know, that's, that some people left and um, it, it's tough, you know, still to some of the reasons why that had to happen. But overall, the community is super resilient and um, everyone's so positive on site at, on the industry events. And that's great to see. Yeah, you, you touched on a, a super important topic, which was, you know, the need for reskilling that was really kind of the, the big talk of, again, you know, the past few years. Um, and if if we want to think about really the skill set that we landed on now, let's say, from what you're seeing um, with event pros and kind of event planners um, in today's uh, kind of industry, what would you say is the basic skill set to really um, be a great event planner today? I, w- I would say the biggest skill set is adaptability. No, when things change, being okay with it and saying, okay, no problem, and then just changing it and figuring out because with event planning, you know, attendees cancel last minute. There's name swaps. There's uh, tech issues that go wrong. There's long lines where you didn't expect to be long lines. There's, you know, there's just always things that are being thrown in event planners and they're being asked to make changes from various stakeholders. And I think the biggest skill set to have is adaptability and to not get you know, twist it up when that happens and saying, ah, like, and saying, oh, this is part of the job. And I think that when event planners start to accept that needing to be adaptable and changes are a part of the job, once that's just accepted, it makes having those change requests so much easier because they expect it. Um, so it not only helps the event planner in the, their career, it just makes their life easier also. Um, so basically it's step one, acknowledging the fact that everything can change at any point. Um, yeah. So if, again, if we're staying with like changes for a little longer since, um, as you've mentioned, successful pros have to be very adaptive and can get overwhelmed by all these last minute change of plans and things falling apart. Um, is there something that you can share with event planners today that is kind of like your go-to, um, your little secret of how to handle changes when they do come? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is experience. I actually read, just talking about the event planning community, there's this one event planner who has been doing events for 20 plus years. and. I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but she puts something up like, you know, being an event planner is like going to the gym. Like the stronger you, the more you work out that muscle, the easier it gets to like lift heavy weights. And I think that is so, so true for event planning. The more you do it, the more crises you encounter, the more changes you encounter, you realize this is normal. This happens often. Or you have really clear cut uh, solutions to fix it sooner. So I think there was another thing that I read and it was something like, you know, I'm not hired for um, like something like the amount of something like I'm hired for the amount of years I've been doing this job because of the ability to cut down and the amount of time it takes me to do something. Right. So you figure out all these shortcuts for how to take care of things faster and just make impact Um, And so 
practice makes perfect. perfect. Yeah. And it just becomes the more you do it, it's it's so much easier to handle these changes when they come up and it's easier mentally to handle it. It's just not as stressful the more you do it. So I would say to event planners, if it's stressful, just keep doing it. And it's just going to get easier. Just like, you know, public speaking and facing fears and all those things. It's just going to get easier the more that you do it, even if it's really hard right now, it's going to get easier. I'll go back to strategy, ROI, proving value. Um, We already know that it's not enough to just do more with less. I really think um, uh, a lot of the listeners and people who are joining us would love to know um, what's the bottom line? Like how do event planners um, best prove um, their value, um, their worth, and really showcase that that great ROI that they can bring on from um, a great program of events? Um, Well, I think the biggest thing is one of the things I talk about in my book too is making yourself valuable to others. So supporting others and saying, Hey, I know your goals are this with the team you work on, the company you work for, you you know, your own project. Here's how I think the event can help support those goals that you have. So being able to make yourself valuable to others and they come to you and say, Oh, this person's like a strategic partner for me in my goals. And I think that is um, one way that they could really help others see events as helping the bottom line um, and, and pushing those goals forward. I think that keeping executives and your stakeholders also in the know what's happening in the event industry, they don't need a big report, but a few bullets here and there of like, we're seeing inflation. We're seeing supply shortages. This is what's happening, you know, here. We're seeing cost decrease here. These little nuggets that then make other people feel like they're in the know very quickly is really helpful also because then the event planner is like, they look at the event planner and say, oh, they're on the pulse of what's happening in the industry and it's strategic. Um, and then when you can add numbers, you know, to your data, right? The best, anytime you can add data to your events and your post event report is sometimes it's tough with events, but you can get creative, um, also if you need to and, um, and put numbers. I mean, you mentioned like the, the chat, um, chat features and people, you know, commenting and feedbacking. So that would probably be again for like the virtual mm-hmm. side of things would be a great way to kind of showcase ROI. Yeah, definitely. And I know with like the the virtual platforms too, you can see, you know, how long people are staying in your session. When did they enter? When did they leave? So being able to put that data together, if you have multiple educational sessions, like here, here's the content that really resonated and kept people on. And this is the content that didn't. Then the next year you can, you can improve upon it. One of them, um, I've been doing this one conference for a really long time and many years ago, someone had said to me, you know, doesn't, isn't it the same thing every year? Is it so easy now? I was like, no, I was like, it changes every year because we're always improving upon what we've done before. Like we always want it's to getting be more difficult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the expectations are higher. <laughs> it's true. It's like before you could just do a little thing and it was like, Oh, it's new. It's so true. It becomes more difficult and you always need to improve every time and be creative. So it's always a challenge even if it's the same event every year. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was great. A ton of insights. Um, So again, thank you for your time and I hope to see you soon. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And you're a wonderful interviewer. Thank you. 
Thank you, Sarah Gorlick and Anna Turcott for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in. To give you a little taste of what's coming next week, here's seven questions and events with EMEA Marketing Director at AWS, Rachel Lockwood. Welcome to the seven questions and events. Today, we have industry expert, Rachel Lockwood from AWS, Amazon Web Services with us. No time to waste. Let's go. Rachel, what's the one thing you want attendees to remember from your events? We want our event attendees to be satisfied. And we measure it and we track it. So that means the event has to have done what we've promoted it to do, what they've read into, whatever material we've communicated to them. And that event has achieved the goal that's come from that message. And they are truly satisfied with it. What's your favorite way to engage with your audience? My favorite way to engage with an audience, other than over a glass of wine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking more marketing. Um, I, my, my personal view is it needs to be, it needs to be flexible. I don't have one, I don't think I could say there's one favorite channel, one favorite mode. It will depend on what the message is, what type of activity we want to say. And I, it's a very politician answer, isn't it, this? But that it has to be right for the, for the customer interaction we're trying to achieve. You know, there are times where digital only is right. There are times when a small room, boardroom style, face-to-face -face is correct, but it depends on that interaction you're wanting to achieve. Your dream keynote speaker is? My dream keynote speaker. Wow. Um, my dream keynote speaker, other than Andy Jesse, of course, um, goes without saying. I think my dream keynote speaker would be Idris Elba, because you know, um, one, I would have voted for him for Bond. Two, you know he's a DJ. So, um, so I reckon he could. He speaks really well. The Sky ads are great, aren't they? And he could do some, some cool music in between. Amazing. Which trends in virtual events you're mostly looking forward to? The ones I'm, the ones I'm mostly looking forward to, and you have to remember, you know, I'm only just getting into podcasts, so let's, um, but from certainly from a marketing point of view with AWS, the sustainability angle. Um, I'm, I've talked about it before, but it's super important for our customers. It's a super important for the planet. And I think as people look at this, either whether it's their individual views, their company views, we need to make sure that our, our events and how we engage with people appreciate and respond to those sustainability aims, goals, and views that our customers will have. What's an event marketing pitfall that people should look out for? Event marketing pitfall. I, I started my career in events, and it's the attention to detail, isn't it? I, ha I once had a guy fall off the back of a stage because somebody left a gap. They didn't put the, the stage to the full, and that was not good. Um, that's a true pitfall, isn't it? You know, falling off the back of the stage yeah. because you oh. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you left a gap between the screen. Um, I think it's the, you know, the pitfall is, you know, to make an event look simple, you have to have that attention to detail. And whether that's online, whether that's a hybrid event or in person, it is that attention to detail that makes the customer experience special. What's your go-to source for personal uh, professional development around marketing? My go-to source? I am... Um, 
I love to hear from peers in the industry. I really do. Uh, and not just the tech industry. Uh, I am a member of a couple of customer advisory boards. And, and I really like to hear other people's real life experiences, what they're doing, and how they're tackling real true day-to-day -day problems or what they're thinking about the future. But it's really having that, that peer. I've done them as, um, I've done them through virtual customer advisory boards and in-person customer advisory boards, but I like to listen to people's opinions. Shout out for another event professional or team. Well, um, it has to be, with the time of year we are, our global reInvent team. You know, they're working super hard at the moment to put it on, you know, happening at the end of November, welcoming tens of thousands of customers into Las Vegas. So a shout out to the AWS reInvent team.